0: Hey, Giant fans, welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast. My name is Jerry Foley. I'm the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper. And with me, as always, is the beat writer in the heart of Giants Nation. Nobody beats the biz, Chris Bizignano. And we welcome back to the show the great Rick Saratella from NFL at NFL Draft Bible on Twitter. Rick, um, I think we started this, what, two years ago? We look forward to talking with you at least once a year. It should probably be more. Uh, but welcome back to the show, bud.
1: Hey, fellas. Uh, I will call this my most anticipated appearance of the season. And and as your listeners know, I do a lot of Giants podcasts, but I enjoy doing this one more than any of the others, only because of the buffoons, right? The giant insider buffoons, you guys, <laughs> you guys keep me honest, right? And, that, and that's what I love and appreciate is the accountability, right? They're gonna let me know, they're gonna come find me and, and let me know, hey Rick, You're still down on Daniel Jones. Has he proved you wrong yet? Hey, Rick, we remember what you said about Micah Parsons. Hey, Rick, you know, but hey, that's what it's about, right? And and this is, to me, the most knowledgeable fan base in the NFL and and the Giants Insider newspaper. You guys have the old school real deal Giants fans. And I think that's why we get so much interaction. And and the feedback is what I enjoy the most about coming on with you guys. So buckle up. Maybe,
0: Maybe you should do the introduction next time. That was phenomenal. Thanks, buddy
1: hey buckle up it's a double chin-strap affair here at the Giants Insider podcast.
2: <laughs> Good stuff and here I am thinking only because I was Italian Rick because Italian I liked it so much you know but uh, okay I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm wrong here you know uh, but Rick look we love having you on man you keep it real which we love um, and is uh, you have such great insight not only you know what you see on the field from these kids but you also have behind the scenes insight and, and, and look I'll say it again. I remember last year I went on there, and and, not because, you know, Rick's my man, and I love Rick, but I know he caught a lot of heat from Micah Parsons, but Micah Parsons hasn't been the only one. I'll say it again. It came out with a little, some flags on him that turned out to be phenomenal and no problems and all that. Okay, like Rick just reports what he hears, what he sees, talking to people. It happens, okay? Some guys come out with an absolute clean, Hey, this kid is like an angel. Goes to the pros, gets locked up within two months. Okay, it happens both ways. That's the way it goes. I know. I know you always catch heat for that, Michael. I still see it once around yeah. On Twitter. Yeah, but Michael paused. Okay, all right, I get it. Okay, but that's what scouts do. That's what people who cover this college game, college scouts who do insight. They report what they hear, what they see, and all that. So that's what happens sometimes. They're, uh, they're right in certain things. Sometimes it doesn't turn. Doesn't mean it never happened, whatever it was. But So God bless you, Rick. You know, yeah, And you put your opinions out there, which I like. What I also like about Rick is that he puts things out there because he does the film work. He doesn't rely on other people to say, oh, let me put something out there where somebody else saw. No, that's not the way this works. Okay, you do your own film work, and I put my opinion out. It might not be right all the time, but it's your opinion. That's what I respect about you, Rick. You have no problem putting stuff out there on a player that... And what you see, pros, cons, whatever it might be. So, Rick, happy to have you, buddy. Um, glad you saw those little tornadoes out there on the shore that maybe won't buzz by your by your I'll way. i tell you, it was,
1: it, was, it was like a Batman movie. It was pitch black down here in Lavalette. Mm-hmm. I had people calling me yeah. left and right. Hey, you okay? The people were flooding the island. You should have seen the cars making a mad dash yeah. for the parkway over here. But uh, we got yeah. through the storm. Yeah. But, hey. That's the life for the Jersey Shore, man. We ride the waves. That's the life for the, the big blue okay. fans. We got to ride the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Yeah.
2: So, so Rick, let's get into it. Um, obviously, wide receiver is a position that Joe Shane could explore at 25. You might go there. Um, let's get into the top kids, who you like. Uh, give us your top three, I guess, and tell us why you like them and or, or why Joe Shane might shy away from them, who you think might be on the board, too, and all that. Go ahead, Rick, get into it. Yeah, you
1: know, I think at 25, a a playmaker certainly has to be in consideration, and you say, hey, well, we signed all these kind of patchwork wide receivers, but let's be honest, there's really no true number one. There's no cream of the crap playmaker, go-to type of weapon. And, you know, I'm going to give you two guys that I would consider, right, and one of them probably won't be there, so I won't spend too much time on Jackson Smith and Jigba, but to me, that's the dude, right? Like that's the guy. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, he was the number one, right? And you saw the success these guys. These guys have already come out and said JSN is a better player than us. So I think you got to listen to the players. I think you got to, to your point, Chris, trust the film and maybe not this year's film, right? But last year's film was, oh, he was hard. dynamic, yeah. explosive. Uh, change of direction ability his 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 short shuttle and three cone times were in rare air like of any player in the draft and and that to me means a whole lot when you have the film to back it up and you know whether or not he mailed it in with the hamstring injury and having a year off of football hey worked out pretty good for jamar Chase taking a year off of football so Jackson Smith and jigbo would be my number one. For, I, I, for, Go ahead. Do you want to follow up? with No, no
2: Rick. Uh, you know, I know I've seen that written and I've heard that about, oh, he might've, he might've melded in a little bit. But you know what? I saw him playing hurt against Michigan. He did. He, tried he to come gave back. it a go. He gave it a go. I think, I okay? think he might've came back too early. Yeah. I, I, well, thank you, Rick. I was just going to say that because watching that game, he aggravated the hamstring again. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, you know, to people who say, oh, the kid kind of melded in, you know, he was only worried about the draft. Well, folks, You obviously didn't see the Michigan game because I was watching it, and I remember him aggravating the injury, but he gave it a go. He didn't tank it, and that's a game at the end of November after Thanksgiving, right? We all know that. So he gave it a go and all that. I think people – another point with this kid, Rick, I just want to point out is because he only played a couple of games last year. I think it was three games, whatever it was. But I think people forget, because of that, people forget his 2021 season with C.J. Stroud. (laughs) And he had over ninety catches. He had an incredible Rose Bowl game. This kid was the best receiver out there, and I think because of what happened last year, Rick, people are kind of forgetting that with this guy. And like you said, I don't think he will be there at twenty-five, Rick. If he was there, you know, I go back and forth. We'll get into the next kid I like. I like a lot too, but man. Mm-hmm. He is a talented guy, man, and and I think he's going to go pretty hard. If if
1: he's there, he might be the best player on the board, and and we'll get into this as we go through the positions. I think the Giants have to let the board come to them and not force it here. But, hey, you get a talent like that, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago considers him at number nine because Justin Justin Fields needs a cure like no other. Reunite him with that guy. That might be the ceiling for Jackson Smith and Jigba. After that. It's your flavor of the week. I know this is flowers, man. He's like the hottest new uh, uh, candy in the store, man. And, and you know, I'm not there with Zay flowers like some of the other folks are. And I know like the Steve Smith comparison gets dropped a lot. And I don't know. I don't see that. I I, I He's growing on me more, I guess. I've been into Chestnut Hill. I never came away saying, man, I want to invest a first round pick on that guy. Quite frankly, I'd rather have like Marvin Mims or Tank Dell, who I think are comparable impact players in the middle rounds. So I'm not really hot to trot like like the Giants seem to be for Zay Flowers. Um, the other guy, though, I would consider is Quentin Johnston. And that's because when you look at the receiving core here, you got too many slot slash gadget guys. Hodgins, you know, he, he's not a bad looking player now. But, again, he's not – he should not be your number one boundary wideout. Shepard could play outside. He's probably better on the inside. But there's a logjam there now with Paris Campbell, Wendell. Uh, uh, They signed the other kid, Doxton, I think. So, I I think they need a boundary receiver. And Quentin Johnston, man, I think he has the size, obviously the length, the ability to go up and play vertical. But I love his athleticism. He can make some acrobatic catches – I'm not putting him in the Calvin Johnson category. I'm just saying that there's some ever essence there. When you talk about size, speed, athleticism, Quentin Johnston, Mm -hmm. to me, if I'm going to take a a wide receiver in the first round, I want an instant impact guy. I want somebody who could be a potential number one. And to me, Quentin Johnston can fit that bill for the Giants. I think the other thing to consider now, when we talk about playing the board, wide receivers are always going to become available. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is now going to be cut – OBJ isn't going to find a taker at 15000000 million. He'll be uh, be able to be had. There'll be wide receivers cut come August. You know what won't be cut? Offensive linemen, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what else? Cornerbacks are going to be coming off the board fast and furious. So if Jackson Smith and Jigba aren't there, isn't there, Quentin Johnson's not there, if I'm Big Blue, I'm not even thinking wide receiver in round one.
0: E- even if they are there, do you think the Giants might go in a different direction, Rick?
1: Well, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba for me is a top ten player. Okay. So if you can get a, a top ten player at twenty five.
0: Yeah. You have to take it.
1: I, I I don't know how many players are still gonna be on the board ranked higher. So I, I think yeah. that,
0: that's like Daniel yeah, hey, Jones hey,
1: no hasn't had a guy like that his whole right. career.
0: Yeah, and I'm obviously not asking you to think what the Giants are thinking, but I I guess well, I should have phrased it you're thinking. Um the conventional wisdom is wide receiver just because it's obvious, but like you said, interior lines, 1A, right? Um, so yeah. it, it's going to be interesting to see if if, Njigba's there, if
2: they pull the trigger. But
0: if they're both there, you still say Njigba? I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see, Rick, if Shane really does love a kid like this or really does love a Quentin Johnson and says, you know what? This is our true ex that we need, this big kid. Uh, and he gets aggressive and moves up in the draft if they like him that much. I don't know. You know, I don't know what they're thinking as far as that. A lot of people feel no, you shouldn't be aggressive to move up to get a receiver. You should be more aggressive to move up and get a corner in this draft, you know? Um, I don't know, Rick. Um, Look, Quentin Johnson, before we move on, um, I love the kid. I love him. Um, I love what he could do, I think, in his offense. He's a big catch and release type guy. I love his yak, Rick. You see a lot of the under routes he ran at TCU turn into big plays. He'll make some contests, he'll go up and get it. Okay. Now he does have some drop issues. I've seen that. A little bit. Um, but this is a guy, like you said, Rick, that Daniel never really had. If they come over if this guy's over here with the Giants. He's a big guy on the outside who's fast. Okay. He can run those little r- routes, he can run the other uh, you know, those back those nine routes and all that, and the kid could go up and get it, you know. Um, well, Kenny Galladay was I,
1: supposed I, I, to be. <laughs>
2: Well, basically what Kenny Galladay was supposed to be. I and mean, we all know how that worked out. You know, so look, he's what, 6'3", the kid. He runs like a 4'4", 4'5", Yeah, he ran a sub-4", like Yeah. You know, um, and, and I think there's some <clears throat> a lot of good things about him, Rick. Uh, I don't know if the Giants feel he's, you know, a grade one talent, round one talent. Uh, I do think he's a round one, late later round, like right away the Giants are, but he might go early. We'll see how this draft plays out. But I tell you, Rick, if that kid is at 25 and Joe goes with him, I would not be disappointed. No, you
1: have to either continue to keep Daniel Jones upright and give him more time in the pocket or give him a bona fide playmaking weapon to throw to. Either or would be a great first-round addition.
0: You you mentioned some other receivers, but who do you, who's a sleeper for you at wide receiver, Rick, before we go on to another position?
1: Oh, you know, keep an eye on Keelan Harris from Oklahoma Baptist. If you want a day three guy, he's got size, he's got speed, he's got versatility. Uh, he can create separation in short area spaces. He won out one-on-ones almost every single rep out in the NFL PA Bowl and met with almost every team. And I will tell you, there's some other NFC East teams that are hot to trot for the kid. Uh, Eli Higgins is another guy I throw out there just because he does have that size out of Stanford, and and he also uh, could play a little. Uh, some people view him as a tight end prospect. I know the Giants might not be drafting a tight end, but I think adding some depth and Eli Huggins is a guy that could play wide receiver or tight end. And then Michael Wilson also from Stanford, uh, I loved what he did at the Senior Bowl. I think his draft stock's going to take a hit because he struggled with durability but when you're talking about day three depth Mm -hmm. a guy that can play special teams that's the kind of wide receiver you want on the back end of your roster
2: rick rick just curious a day two second round giants go another you know giants go say giants go corner with the 25th they're in the second round tell me what you think about rasheed rice from smu
1: yeah, you know, I think I I like him. I don't love him. I think there's some issues there when he uh, talk about creating separation. You know, he he was able to go up and get some of those fifty fifty balls, but then it didn't really show up or equate to his his testing was his vertical was only thirty three. I think so. You know, I think the issue with him is I question whether or not he's going to be able to separate at the next level. So, you know, coming back around, I guess what at fifty seven. He could be a candidate. I'd probably, you know, prefer some other receivers there. Uh, The the kid from Purdue is a good one too. Uh, Charlie Jones, I I like this kid. I think he's underrated. He's made some big-time catches. He's got excellent speed. Uh, Not quite as big as Rice, but I think he could survive on the outside. So I'm not a huge fan of Rasheed Rice, as as some people are. But, I mean, at 57, I think you can consider him, sure.
2: So you have more like a third-round, third or fourth-round talent? Probably there?
1: early third, yeah. Okay. I would prefer – I would like it a lot more at 89 than 57. Yeah.
2: Gotcha.
0: It, it's interesting because last year it was fairly obvious they were going pass rusher tackle just because of the needs. right? They, were, they needed a lot, but it was whether you had the right people or the right players, you know, that's debatable. But um, this year it, it's – it's more about filling out the rest of the roster, and and you know, look, obviously wide receiver, but guard center is important. Cornerback with a Dory Jackson being the only guy, Rick, really, right? The only bona fide starter. Yeah. Um, do, do you put more of a need for the Giants at the guard center position? And again, there's no center really right now, no pure center, so it's a, it's a difficult question. Do you put more of the need at, at, at taking that corner, the another hopefully lockdown corner, or? you know, center slash guard for them. I'm just curious what your thoughts are.
1: Well, I think interior, offensive line, cornerback are both equal needs. And so that's why, like, you can't – I don't think you necessarily prioritize the need and make your selection based on that. I think it's a combination of best player available, yeah. impact yeah. ability, and how do you set your team up for success. Okay. And so, like, when I look at – and when I take in all those factors, to me – again interior offensive lineman and and i'll get into it this osiris torrance kid like i know it's not the sexiest or most glamorous pick
0: no but but, you can't be mad you couldn't be mad with that one though. i mean
1: that guy has got the makeup of a plug and play starting guard for the next decade and there's nothing wrong with that so he he's a he's a people mover so Uh,
0: so philly so philly will draft him right rick probably
1: (laughs) right yeah Probably, right? Uh, they lost, say, Amalu. But I will say, like, the offensive line coach there at Florida, yeah. he's turned out a lot of pro offensive linemen. And he says he puts this kid up. He's re- He recruited him now over at Louisiana. He was uh, a raging Cajun. All, all sunbelt stand out and then came and dominated in the SEC. He's the real deal. And to me, like, if it's not Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I have as a top ten talent, well, hey, Osiris, Torrance, UCF he's a top 20 player in this year's draft I would love that pick I understand the 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 the, there's a lot of Giants fans out there that are on board with the Joe Tipman from Wisconsin who's got a great anchor and 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 is stout at the point of attack he's blends that with some athleticism and I wouldn't be mad at John Michael Schmitz right the the Minnesota center who I love also and I love the wrestling background a state champion wrestler uh, the grappling, the hands in the trenches, the placement, the technique. Uh, that's a good-looking player, too. However, with centers, you know, there's some truth there when, when you talk about day two, day three value. Like John Gaines out of UCLA is someone who I think is just as good as the, 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 those two guys I just mentioned. Uh, he plays all five offensive line positions. We had Hall of Fame offensive line coaches out at the NFL PA ball. They said this guy – his his fbi his football intelligence is through the roof he got called up to the east west shrine bowl dominated over there that guy i mean i mean i would i would feel i would actually feel better about john Gaines at 89 or he might even be hanging out at 160 172 than i would take in the center in the first round that being said just to keep to the offensive line conversation you know I, I, if they don't go guard in round 1 This is one position you can wait in round two. And at 57, I think you could have a guy who had an outstanding uh, draft process, by the way, Tyler Steen out of Alabama who started at tackle. I think he projects best on the inside. Another good-looking player. And then Cody Malk, one of the fan favorites, right, of this year's draft. I mean, at 57 – That's an ideal guy, I think, that the Giants can plug and play. And i throw one other guy that I really love, toughness. I know our guy uh, Brian Baldinger is a big fan, too. Joey Fisher out of Shepard. A lot of scouts went Mm -hmm. into uh, uh, Shepard and watched a quarterback. And I came away more impressed with the tackle. I said, who's that guy protecting his Mm -hmm. blind side? Well, hey, that's Joey Fisher. And I got nothing but respect for this man because he did so well. As you guys know, I work out at the NFL PA Bowl. The scouts were clamoring for this young man to go out to Mobile and and participate at the Senior Bowl. Now, he could have left midweek. He stayed, and he showed out, yeah. and he dominated now. Unfortunately, I felt bad because I, I told him I'd yank him after 12 reps of the game. Second play of the game, breaks his hand. Still went down to Mobile and participated during the week. I don't think he played the actual Senior Bowl game. But you talk about a guy... That was serving up pancakes, just call him my hot man. I mean, he, I don't care about the label. <laughs> Alabama, Tennessee, they were all looking up at the sky when they got done with Joey Fisher.
0: That's awesome. That's interesting, man. Guys, we're gonna take a break. It's already been 20 minutes. It feels like it's been two. We're gonna take a break. We're we'll right back with Rick Saratella, guys. Hang on one second. And we're back, folks. We're listen, you're listening to the Giant Insider Podcast with Chris, Nobody Beats the Biz, biz Mano, Jerry Foley, and our special guest, Rick
2: Saratella. Go ahead, Chris. Rick, talk about John Michael Schmitz. Do you, do you have him as a tw- 25th overall type talent? I mean, you know, he's – a lot of people like to compare him to Creed Humphrey, the old, you know, the Pro Bowl for the Chiefs. I think he he was in a second-round pick, if I recall. Yeah. It um how do you see him schmitz and I, I want to ask you about one other guy when you finish with him yeah.
1: no i think if you're talking about one of the cleanest safest players i mean this guy you know listen he can get a little bit stronger maybe uh doesn't have uh, prototypical size but i mean now we're nitpicking like this guy is, is technically sound and again it's it's about technique it's about leverage it's, it's about angles you can get into the second level you can pull down the line like there's not a whole heck of a lot he can't do. And, you know, I think it makes sense. Listen, only because I know there's some of these other centers, like Tayshaun Manning I haven't talked about. And, uh, you know, he he he, um, he finished up at Kentucky. He transferred out of Auburn. He was a cancer survivor. Like the Kentucky head coaches, he played tackle this past year, but the coaches there said he's so smart and he's like 6'2". So he's another guy that, like, they said his best – position at the next level is going to be center and i think that's where you find like this is this happens to running backs too it's like it's not that schmitz isn't worthy of the first round pick it's just that you can get comparable talents yeah. later on in the draft and like to me it's like hey well if i can get a guy like Deshaun manning who has starting traits jonathan gaines uh i have a out of tcu who i prefer as a a, a guard but how about like my, uh, Mark Evans II out of Arkansas Pine Bluff, right? Like he's a six foot tackle that dominated, but he'll be a center at the next level. And to me, like you know, I could probably ha- I could find that guy late rounds.
0: I haven't been I have been scouting I haven't been scouting Arkansas Pine Bluff much this year. Right I'm sorry. <laughs> Come, Come on, here. Jerry, you got to step your game up. I, bro. I, I apologize. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Rick, what other guy I want to ask you about that. I kind of really like that Ohio State kind of like the way he played against Jalen Carter when he matched up on him. Love his athleticism. Uh, Luke Wepler. Uh, tell me what you think about him and is this kid a second round talent. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, he's under the radar. I think uh, he started off at or guard and, and, and then eventually got that position versatility and showed he could play center this past season. So I think another guy that probably, again, is devalued because of the position he plays. But you're right, he laid down some impressive film. I think uh, he was an underclassman, if I remember. So he was kind of put on to the scene, the draft scene, uh, late in the game. The scouts had to play catch-up with him. So he's another guy. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. You say second-round pick. He's a guy, I mean, listen, he could sneak into the back end uh, of the first round because he's that good. So I I think he's a solid, fundamentally – good
2: looking player and one last kid jerry i'm sorry mm-hmm. let me one last kid rick <clears throat> the kid from michigan i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name i'll o- o- double O. Yeah. how do you double say Double O, it?
1: I call
2: him <laughs> oh, okay i'll <laughs> stick with that then double <laughs> O. um watching him you know he's a he's a transfer from virginia he goes to michigan um i was pretty impressed with him rick watching him a lot um pretty powerful kid um look really smart ran you know Checked at the line a lot. Picked up twists. Really was impressive. I feel this is a kid that was going to be climbing the board a little bit. Well, how do you feel about him? I'm
1: glad you said that, Biz, because here's a guy that I was very high on throughout the whole draft process, and then I, I, I couldn't find reciprocal love. Uh, Jim Harbaugh.
2: Why do, you think, why do you think that is?
1: You know, I, 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 I just don't think he had the dominating performance at the senior bowl that I was hoping for right? Maybe that's a key factor. Um, The other key contributor is like, he didn't start out very high on the radar. So sometimes that's part of the equation. I know Jim Harbaugh calls him the best center in the draft. And to your point, like speaks to that cerebral awareness. Like he alleviated a lot of pressure off the Michigan quarterbacks by calling the pre-snap calls and
0: David he was Jonathan. incredible. He was incredible. Yeah, he he's yeah.
1: like a coach on the field. So like, he's like a coach on the yeah, field. Yeah, you talk about yeah. pre-snap communication. I'm a big fan, and like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Big like, fan. give me him in the fourth round. I'm feeling good, right? Like, I don't need to draft the center in round one. Now, I ain't gonna be mad if they go that route. I just feel like the center position is one position, especially in this year's draft, that you can wait on. And and I have one other guy in my notes that you guys should be aware of, Sidey Sal from Eastern Michigan, who, man, you talk about being wrong in the draft process because I watched his film. We had scout meetings, and my guy says, oh, this is a next-level player. And I go and I look. I said, I don't know, man. He's kind of shaped like a refrigerator, doesn't have much lateral movement. Man, we get him out to the PA Bowl – all the scouts are telling me he, he's maybe the best offensive line prospect out here. I said, Man, was I wrong about Sidey Sal? And I there's a guy, Eastern Michigan. I don't know the last Eastern Michigan guy to get drafted, but I have I have a feeling that he's going to at guard.
2: Rick, what what's the feeling you got, you know, down at the senior ball and from the uh you know, and the combine and all that? From these scouts, what well, you know who who do you feel they were really in love with as far as these offensive linemen?
1: You know, I think I think if you poll different teams, you get a lot of different answers, right? And we we, we ran into to this conundrum uh, the last year or two when talking about the tackle prospects because I think that like there's at least three, maybe four tackles that could go number one off the board, and and like if you yeah. think about it. It makes sense, right? Because to me, like, Skoronsky from Northwestern, did you see him, by the way, do the positional drills at the combine? Like, that was, I mean, that was pretty impressive. That was like Jake Long-esque. Yeah. He was very That impressive. was, I mean, that guy, there's not much he can't do. Well, he he's six foot three and a half. That's the biggest knock. Okay, I'll take it. You know, um, Skaronsky though, man, he, he is really just nasty. He's he's sound, he's fast, he's ferocious, he's physical. And now he's six foot five and two eighths. So there's going to be a lot of old school, traditional decision makers that say, Hey, that's my number one tackle." Then you're going to get guys that say, Hey, I'm in it for the upside. My team's not really built to win right now. That Broderick Jones out of Georgia, man, he's got some bend. He's got incredible size. Oh, by the way, he's a couple years younger than all these other guys. And, like, there's a couple teams that think he's the number one tackle. Probably. And I'll tell you what, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, man, don't don't get it twisted just because he's labeled as the right tackle. I mean, there's teams that love this kid as as potentially the best tackle. And I think Darnell Wright, and I I've said this a lot lately, this tackle class is funny. You might not see one go in the top ten. But you might see five tackles come off the board in the between ten to twenty,
2: right? Which would help the Giants big yeah, time. Sure. <laughs> well, think about <laughs> it—you
1: got you got at least four quarterbacks going, yeah—and probably four or five tackles going, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like nine or ten guys off the board before you pick. So you're probably getting like a top fifteen player on your board by the time. Yeah, that's you know,
2: yeah. Rick, that's why you know. <clears throat> these drafts, you don't know how they're going to play out. I mean, you know, when people like... I, I always laugh, Rick, when people say a certain guy, oh, here, Chris, he'll never be there at 25. Like, guys, you have no idea how a draft is going to play out. <clears throat> now, a Bryce Young guys, of course, that we know. But I'm talking about guys in that middle round. You know, they they go, projected to go in the middle, 15, 12, 14, 16. And then I say something like, oh, this kid here would be a great, at 25. Oh, Chris, I'll never be it. Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston
0: was the biggest example of that this year.
2: You don't you don't know where you know a kid might be yeah. as far as, you know, you get when you're coming off from 13 on and all that because like you just said, Rick, there could be four offensive tackles taken from 10 to 25. Okay? Four quarterbacks are going to go in first 10, right, Rick? That's the way it looks. The first four quarterbacks are going. Yeah, and, I was, and I, Richardson I guess Richardson will be the wild card, right?
1: I mean, at this point, though, he's he's a lock for the top ten. I mean, oh, a lock! Yeah, he, might throw, I mean, he might go as high
2: as you know, two or three. I mean, you, you have no idea. If anything, if anything, as a wild card, maybe he he makes it outside of ten. I don't know, but the way it's looking right now, he's going to be in the top ten. Well, and I think
1: what's unique about this year's draft, like I don't see a lot of guys that I would call quote unquote blue chip prospects. Like to me, Will Andrew, like taking the quarterbacks outside of it. Will Anderson would be a blue-chip guy. Mm -hmm. Talent-wise, Jalen Carter would be a a (laughs) blue-chip guy. Bijan Robinson would be a blue-chip guy. Uh, uh, Other than that, like, you take the four quarterbacks and those three blue-chip guys, call that the top seven, and then, like, if you were to poll who are the top guys from 8 to 32, they're so evenly matched. That's why a team like the Bears... They had no problem going from one to nine because guess what? They might still wind up with a Jalen Carter or a a Tyree Wilson, like, or a Jackson Smith and Jig, but like they're still going to get a top five player on
0: their board.
2: Oh, no. With all the quarterbacks that are coming off, no question. Rick, it's clear the
0: Giants like versatility at receiver. They like versatility along the line about, you know, guys that can play different positions. Is there someone that stands out at guard center that can do both? I'm just curious, your thoughts on that, like, Is there someone or a group of players who you're like, you know, these are not just plug and play, but you can almost put them anywhere along the line?
1: Yeah, I think um, Avila, who I mentioned from TCU, kind of has that position versatility. He's got great upper body strength, lacks the lower body. Uh, I think he's better suited at guard, but he has played center, so he's one of those guys. And then, you know, I think I rattled off like, These guys like Jonathan Gaines, he could play all three interior. He's even started at tackle. I don't think he has the size to do that at the next level. Um, So those would be my guys, you know.
0: Yep. All right. We'll we'll go to another position now if that's cool. Um, And and we we touched on it before, but cornerback. uh, Who are your top two or three cornerbacks that you have? And um, any of them fall into 25, you think?
1: Oh, I don't think that my top three will fall there and I have him like for me personally, Joey Porter Jr. is my number one guy and I know there's some deficiencies there in terms of his ability to adapt to every scheme at the next level, which I think Witherspoon can do out of Illinois. and I don't know, like big time players make big time plays in big time situations and Joey Porter Jr. is a clutch player. He's a legacy player. I've seen him scoop and score. I've seen him pick six and score. I've seen this guy used in so many roles. He's so physical. He's so big. He's so fast. Like, when I went out to Happy Valley, rarely do I uh, gawk at a guy, right? Like, But I just couldn't stop grazing, gazing over at Joey Porter Jr. So he's, he's kind of uh, just grown on me as my personal cornerback one. Now, I have no problem with the people that say Devin Witherspoon is that dude and you know Witherspoon despite being what maybe 3 or 4 inches shorter than than Porter and Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon who's my number 3 you know Witherspoon and Porter are a toss up for me Witherspoon though he can lay the lumber too now right and so He's the
2: biggest hitter my yeah time.
1: so so he can hit he can cover um Christian Gonzalez is a is, is more of a bigger uh more finesse you know fast Cornerback, and so those are my top three. But man, I think cornerback, and and that's the deepest position in this year's draft. So you can wait. Well, no, I was gonna say I think you're mistaken, though. If if you feel oh, like okay. you can sit and wait on the cornerback position when they come back around at fifty-seven, I'm not sure. Like I could mm-hmm. see five or six corners in round one. Mm-hmm. Wow, you could mm-hmm. see three or four come off the board before fifty-seven. And, and guys that I will say might be on the board at, at 25, uh, the kid out of Maryland, you know, Deion mm-hmm. Banks. Love him. So he's explosive, right?
2: He- I t- hey, Rick, just, I tell you, kid, it seems to be catching a little more steam now, too. A kid I love. See, Rick, I, I like physical, you know, ball hawks. I mean, this kid from Mississippi State. I I, I know the size is the yeah. issue, right, Rick? Right. And but this kid from Mississippi State, Forbes, watching him last year, and then watching him on film the last few weeks that I've been doing, dude. I mean, this kid baller. He's all over the ball. I think he set an NCAA record for pick Six sixes. Them,
1: yeah.
2: He's got. He's a true ball hawk. He's physical for his size. He will put his head in it. He will put a hat on you in the run game. He doesn't shy away from the run game. Now I get it, Rick. It does concern me. The kid's only like 100. I think he's up to 170 now, right? Buck 66.
1: He weighed in, and
2: I got him as a buck 66. From what I'm reading, he actually gained a few. He's up to a buck 70 now, which is look. And I get it. I get it, Rick. Um, he's not a big kid. But I tell you, he has so many traits that I like. I think he would fit into Wink's system. You got to remember that too, right? Everybody's got to remember that too. When Joe Shane sits with Dennis Hickey and Wink and all these guys, okay, who fits into our system, right? Who fits into what we want to do? And he, you look at that kid, Rick, and like you just said, bro, it's not something you could just sit back and go, okay, you know what? We're going to get a real good one here at 57. Because there's gonna be fl- they're gonna be flying off the board. If the Giants had a high second round pick, or the top ten in the second, I bet like, okay, you could go with that philosophy, you know. But down at fifty-seven, these kids are gonna be gone, right. Rick, most likely. And this kid Forbes, I-, I notice now, Rick. I don't know am I wrong in this? I notice a lot of people talking about this young man now. A lot of people decide, okay, you know what? But he's up he is up to 170 now. He'll get up to 175, you know. And I, you know, uh, does it scare me, Rick, about him playing at the NFL level? His size, yeah, it does. I have to admit. But dude, there's so much to like about him. Tell me, you know what you, how you feel about this guy?
1: I feel like the young man is a football player, and I like your assessment. I think the Giants are in a bind. Like, at 25, the the just you look at those legs, and it's concerning, right? Like, <laughs> somebody lands on one of those things, and boom, he's done for the year. So to me, like that's a real that's a real concern, and so I can't invest a twenty fifth overall pick. Now the talent says he's worth the first round pick, so he's gonna probably go in the top fifty. And so like if the Giants want Forbes and he slides out of round one, then like maybe you're giving up that compensatory pick one seventy two or one of the they got like four picks in round seven. Maybe you're packaging up to move it, you know, move up 10 or 15 spots to get a guy like Forbes. But man, he's an extremely, uh, lockdown cover corner. Who's a weapon with the ball in his hands going the other way. And he's just in that predicament where, you know, I don't, I don't recall seeing a, a, a body frame or size like six, two. I mean, he's like six two, one sixty six, 166 And, uh, it's just a weird. It's a weird thing to get over. It's hu- human nature, right? But,
2: I, 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 Rick, I'm just gonna throw something out quick. Uh, so, since I'm in the locker room, and the Giants did draft this young man yeah, last year, Cordell yeah. flat. Okay, now I'm next to Cordell. I'm at his locker, dude. This kid is not a big kid at all. Okay, I don't care what the numbers came out. I don't remember what his numbers came out and all that. But I'm looking at him. I'm saying. Because I'm going back and forth with this Forbes as far as the second round of Joe's going to get aggressive and try to move up if they really like this kid, okay? Because you're probably going to have to be aggressive and move up. Right, Rick? Well, That's the way I look at it, the way it's shaping up. It, 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 as, I don't if think you Forbes. want
1: one of those top 7 to 10 corners, probably, yeah. Right.
2: You're probably going to have to be aggressive and move up. I don't think – I'm just talking about Forbes right now. I don't think he's going to be there at 57, Agreed. okay? And I look at Flott and I say, well – I'm going back and forth with this kid, Forbes, his body size and legs. And I'm looking and I'm saying to myself, man, Cordell Flott is not much. This kid is a skinny. You got to see him up close, Rick. It's like, I looked at Cordell. I remember talking to him and I'm like, let me tell you, my man, I saw you play at LSU and you were physical for your size. And he laughs. He goes, goes, size don't mean nothing. It's all about heart. Yeah, I remember him telling me in the locker room, you know. And I go, I said to myself, yeah, of course, you know, but he's still a small kid, (laughs) you know. So that's what does scare me. But, you know, Joe did draft him last year. Um, will size scare him? We'll see. We'll find yeah, well, out. You which is fine it, for a
1: third round pick though. Right. We're talking about. Yeah. Right.
2: Will size. Yeah. Right. So yeah. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying 25. I'm thinking second round, Rick. That's what I'm eyeing up. You know, does he move up? Because if he really does love the kid, he's going to have to probably try to sure. move up. So it's going to be interesting to see where he lands because I notice he's catching a little more steam now too. Um, as far as moving up in the draft, we'll see, you know. But th- I love yeah, him. Rick. I think he ran him. like a
1: four three three or something. So that definitely. Um, I got him a four three five. I got him a four. I think that's when yeah. people really started. It's, it's, to- it's insane.
2: Yeah. But Rick, you know, he he's a type of kid like we talk about. As far as okay, look at the film, look at the film, look at the film, look at him against top competition, and dude, the kid is all over oh, yeah. the place. He, 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 you know, the kid is he is really a talented corner man. He loves that man press. You know, he loves it, can play it well. Physical for his size, but the only, the only drawback is going to be that size. You know, we'll see, we'll see what happens with him. But I think he's going to go in the second round, Rick. Um, I don't think he's going to be there for the Giants at 57.
1: Yeah, if they stand pat, then I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, now, there are some value selections here.
0: Rick, know. Rick, let's start off with that after the break. Guys, we're going to take another break. It's been forty minutes. Can't believe it. I was flying. I know it's it's awesome. We're gonna take another break and be right back after this, guys. you listen to the John Insider Podcast. Hang on one second. And we're back, folks. You're to the Giant Insider Podcast with Chris Nobivitz, Biz Bizignano, Jerry Foley, and our special guest Rick Saratella. I'm glad you're getting to this part, Rick, because that's what I was going to ask you. What are some other value picks you can get later on? Because if you don't make the move in the first or second, then you know what what are we looking at from rounds three on? Sure.
1: So so there there are some good value plays at the cornerback position, and I, I want to make sure we highlight some of these young men. And, and Clark Phillips out of Utah, like, hey, that's not a bad consolation prize to Emmanuel Forbes. Now, he doesn't have the, the height or the length, probably a, a slot cover guy at the next level, but you want a guy with pick six interceptions on the resume. I think he led NCAA in interceptions two years ago. And what I like most about him, I think is the youngest cornerback in this year's draft class. So him and Kaylee Ringo, both 21 years old, that's potential upside there with some of these younger guys. And then,
0: and we, and we need and we need slot as well. I mean, let's be honest, we need a slot yeah, too. So no
1: doubt, no doubt. And and I think like and I and I'll give you a good combination here and sticking in the slot like Garrett Williams, man, out of Syracuse before he tore his ACL. He was trending towards the first round, according to uh, the coaching staff up there and the pro liaison there at Syracuse, Roy Whitkey. He was the uh, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo coach. He was running that uh, uh, Eastern Illinois offense back in the day with Jimmy G. So I put some stock there. Um, Garrett Williams, you know, probably is going to get downgraded because of the injury, round three, maybe round four. That's a round one talent. So, you know that's a, a good value play, uh, DJ Turner. You know you want to talk about speed. I think he can bring some some added value to, to the special teams element, and he he might be the fastest man in the draft with any time four two six. And then I'm gonna go with some lengthier guys like uh, Julius Brents. There's a guy that caught my attention now, out at, of Kansas State. This guy he put up Tariq Woolen type of combine testing he's making scouts going back and and circle to film there i think he's an intriguing mid to late round guy and uh riley moss out of iowa is somebody i i have uh great love and respect for because i think he gets miscast as a safety i don't see it I, i think this guy has all the coverage ability in the world and riley moss is a really sound player that i think will start and outperform a lot of players chosen ahead of him just because he has experience and he has just natural ball skills, football instincts. Uh, I like Riley Moss a lot. And then, you know, I'm going to give you one, at cornerback, Keenan Isaac from Alabama State, you know, our, our Southeast uh, scout came back to me and said, you know, this guy's a combination of Cornell Green from that old doomsday Dallas defense and Antrell role. Now, mm-hmm. some guys like him as a corner. Some guys like him as a safety. But, man, this Keenan Isaac, he's growing on me uh, out, of, out of Alabama State. Not too many people know about him. But look out for him on day three.
2: Rick, just one question on corners. Um, because you know all these kids. You can remember them going back years. The Giants signed one recently in Leonard Johnson from Duke. Yeah. Yeah. Blows out his ACL. Before the draft last year, it obviously doesn't get drafted, and here he is. So the Giants go out and sign him, and obviously everybody was like, "Who the hell is this?" You know, "Who the hell is this?" And then you look into him, and you see some impressive numbers there. Tell us, you know, tell us what you know about this young man. Um, he looks like he's kind of built for maybe a safety. Wise, you tell me, I'm wrong. Tell me where where you think this kid is going to line up in training camp, and what kind of talent is he? Yeah, that? you know,
1: we had him out uh, at Pasadena a couple of years ago, in fact, and he and he took practice reps at both corner and safety. He actually did pretty well, though. At corner, he held his own, especially mm-hmm. in the one-on-ones. Okay. I remember him standing out. And I also remember mm-hmm. he had, like, some of the smallest hands I've, I could ever remember. You mm-hmm. know, that was my knockout. I mean, he had, like, seven and three-quarter-inch hands. Like I, it was like some unheard-of number that I'd never seen before. But he, it was funny because despite the small hands, he was getting his hands on balls, batting down passes, making plays, and he's got a very high motor. Now he's a little bit aggressive, right? He'll, he'll take some risks. So he's got to be careful with that a little bit. But uh, plays bigger than his size, I can tell
2: you that. Rick, do you see him uh, more more geared towards safety at this level? I or you, think you, or you think Wink puts him out there at corner? I think he's going to get an
1: opportunity at corner. I, I do. I think okay. he's going to get an opportunity okay. at corner. I think there's enough okay. there that I've seen that I think he should at least get the chance.
0: And, and Chris spoke about him before, but Cordell Flott, like, where do you see him with the Giants right now? Like, Based on what you saw in college and the progression he made last year, do you think he could be a you – know, is he an option at that second corner or do you think the Giants should try to upgrade I,
1: well, I thought it was a pleasant surprise. With that being said, I think can they find better? Sure. Yeah. Now, can you get by as a starter? Sure, but you don't really want get by guys. You want bona fide, especially playing in that NFC East, uh, keeping up with the Joneses. You need to. You probably need to look into upgrade. I, Jerry, I think you made a, a great point before. Like outside of Adoree Jackson, yeah not a lot of proven commodities. And I think flat will continue to ascend. And I think he has some versatility as well, but I think, you know, they're depending on him to be the number two corner right now, unless they can add a body. And, you know, it doesn't make me, it doesn't make me uh, sleep easy at night. If I'm the defensive, I'm going to take Martindale.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and that's why I asked, because, you know, there's no, there's no real center, right? I mean, there's guys who can play center, but there's no real center. There's no, other option besides a Dory Jackson really that's just solidified to be the the outside corner even the slot is our our slot guys Darnay Holmes right like I, you need to upgrade there um More. so it's there's now you're filling all these needs and how are they going to do it based on the depth of these positions and it's going to be fascinating to watch dude it's going to be fascinating to see where they go and and I I it's an interesting point you made about the corners if you don't take one it won and then you know you just it's going to be You know, fascinating to see if they feel the need to move up in that second round. So Giants obviously need to fill a lot. They've improved greatly, but, you know, with the depth of these positions and what they need, uh, I can't wait to see how it plays out.
2: I could tell you guys this. Somebody told me this. Speaking of Cordell Flott, um, somebody told me this a couple weeks ago. um, Wink likes him. Wink likes him. Um, And as far as, okay, we got him penciled in as opposite of the Dory. No, there's going to be competition. But I'll tell you about a play that somebody told me a couple weeks ago really opened their eyes a lot. Not that they didn't know he's talented, but do you remember the play against the Vikings where he came in, Fabian Moreau, I think he came off the field, I don't know, whatever it was, and he covered that cross pattern. Was it the playoff game? I think it was last the last game of the
0: season, it? I think. It
2: was the I last think. game of the year? Yeah, because he
0: came in at the... At the
2: no, no, no. It was we playoff, came in at the very end of the playoff. game. It was the pl- it was the playoff game against the Vikings where he came in on the last series and he covered that crossing pattern coming off the bench. And a lot of people were like, wow. They were really impressed the way he just came in cold and covered, I think it was KJ Osborne on that, that little drag route underneath. The Giants do like Flott. They do like him. They think they have something with him. But, but, it's not a situation like we just discussed where, okay, we got a guy opposite of Dory. You know, we don't need to address that. We're good. You know what I mean? It's not like that. But they Giants. Let's put it this way, fellas. Let's put it this way. Um, if they don't draft a corner, or they're going to draft one, but it depends, you know, what round, who's going to come in competition and all that. Um, they feel pretty good about Cordell flat. They feel pretty good about him. But obviously, they also feel... They got to get competition, and that might be in a high round. We'll see. We'll see what Joe does. You know, we'll see what Joe does. He's, if Corner's there, one of their guys is there, they're going to go with him, one of these top kids. There's no question about it. But they don't look at Flot. Let's put it this way. They don't look at Flot like a tomato. Sure. I think they still, they they look, still need they depth
1: regardless, though.
2: Yeah, or regardless, they're going to need depth without question. But they don't look at him like a uh, like this kid's a tomato. They they kind of like this kid. It's going to be interesting to see his Me second either. year. Uh, he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, too. I
0: just it's looked it out. up, Chris. Okay. It was the playoff game, thirty-eight to Osborne. Yep.
2: Yeah, it was the last yeah. series. If I remember right, yep. it was the. It was the, last it was the he He dropped the, the
0: interception series. in the play in the regular season game. That's the. That's what.
2: Yeah. So, um, all right, Rick. So, look, another position. I know they they went out and they signed Bobby Okereke. Try to show up. You know, he's an active mm-hmm. guy. We all know that. Try to show up the run a little bit. Sideline to sideline, dude. But let's look at the linebacker position, Rick. Um, who do you like? Uh, Do you feel the Giants will go there? You
1: know, I think that's the position where you can find some value, like at 57 or 89. And, you know, I don't think linebackers as glaring of a need as some Mm -hmm. of these other holes. And it's funny to say that because I feel like linebacker has been a a need for the past decade. They finally got some some competency uh, at the linebacker position, which is nice to see. That being said, like, you know, I don't see an off-ball linebacker going in round one. So how? Not even,
2: not even Trenton Simpson, huh? I don't
1: see it, guys. I, in my last mock draft, okay. I had a hard time shoehorning him <laughs> in there. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. Um, but I, 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 didn't see it. Now, how, how, how much does a guy like Trenton Sim- Simpson free fall? Definitely not the 57. That being said, there's some pretty good linebackers like Jack Campbell. Out of Iowa, I mean, Big Blue would love this dude. To- yeah. I mean, he's got size, he's got instincts, he's got aggressiveness, you know, tackle machine. I mean, Jack Jack Campbell, man, to me, I think is a very good-looking player and uh, at 57 I think would be a great value. In fact, I think inside linebacker and, and off-ball linebacker have been devalued just like center and running back. If, if this was 10 years ago, I think Jack Campbell would be talked about in the first round and then – you know Noah Sewell, he didn't quite have the year that people expected. Now they were talking about him as a first-round potential top-10 guy. His brother Pene Sewell obviously is, is an incredible talent. He's got the bloodlines. I I you know I think there's some uh, talent to be un- uncovered there. Like if you can tap in to some of his athleticism, he's he's a he's a he's a physical guy. Now can plug the hole, shoot the gap. Uh, great lateral quickness, Noah Sewell out of Oregon. Uh, this kid Henley, out of, out of uh, ah, there's dude. my
2: guy. There's my Nick Bolton of this yeah. draft. Go ahead, yeah,
1: man, I'll tell you, he won me over uh, Senior Bowl when I dove in and went back and watched the film. He just fly He's just moving at a different speed. Like he's just flying around. Uh, Absolutely. I think he, he's a plug and play starter. And again, like he could be sitting there at 57. So to me like that that's a great value so i think this is the one position early on and i have some day 2 day 3 guys if you want to talk about them but i think you know early on 57 89 one of those guys might slide and i think i think the giants have to at least consider it
2: rick a couple of years ago uh before nick came out Bolton, right not a lot of people were talking there. Talk but i'm looking <laughs> what yeah no i remember no i do remember that dude so um I remember looking at this kid a lot. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, what? Why are people talking about this guy more? Yeah. I ne- I specifically remember I I videotaped a clip of him, and I sent it to Call Banks, and I said, Call, take a look at this kid, because now a lot of people are talking about him. They are, you know. Don't get me wrong. But I remember I think it was like third round, fourth round, town, whatever the hell it might have been. Rick at the time. Yeah, you, you know, you remember you remember better than me. I said, Tell me what you think of this kid, right? So. He, said, he sends back, because goes, Chris, love him. He goes, absolutely love him. Whoever gets him is going to be very well, uh, is going to be very well, A pleasantly surprised, I believe. This is what Banks sends back to me. Well, I think we've seen that with the Chiefs. They've been, they've been very well surprised. Not surprised, but they've been very pleased with the play of Nick Bowles. So why I'm bringing that up. Okay, because I look at this kid here from Washington State. I'm looking at him on film, right, Rick? Because I did not see a Washington State game in my life, and if I said to you, hey, Rick, yeah, I remember him watching him against Washington, I'd be like, you know what? You know, I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, you know what, right, Rick? I'd be like, and I'd be a bullshit liar, and I don't like to do that, like some other people who act like they, you know, oh, yeah, I seen this, I seen this, yeah, okay, right? So I'm looking at this kid flying all over, all right? I see him lined up in the three technique at times on the line at the defensive line. I see him in coverage. I see him blitzing. I see him reading run. And I'm saying to myself, this is gonna be my Nick Bolton this year. Second round pick. Maybe late second round, maybe middle. Um I love him. I dig the kid. I know the kid's only like 6'1, whatever he is, 230, 225. I got him as a four-five here. Um but I like the way this kid plays. I would love to see him in blue rick. Call me crazy. I would love second round. If he's there, I would run to the podium to draft this kid. I'll tell you, you know,
1: they made such a big deal about Isaiah Simmons coming out of Clemson a couple years back, and now this kid isn't even a blip on the radar. I think it has to do with somewhat of of being a one-year wonder. I think before this season, if I recall correctly, there really wasn't a whole heck of a lot of production. He might have struggled with some injuries, but you could see clearly down in Mobile, I mean – that's what that's what you love about the all-star circuit is you get all these guys on the same playing field, and the cream always rises to the top. He rose to the top day in and day out, all through practice, the whole entire week. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned Nick Bolton. I don't throw the Sam Mills uh, uh, comparison around, <laughs> but, man, I'm watching Bolton. I'm like, this is the closest thing since Sam Mills, and you're right. Wow. Um, I think I had him at a, a top ten Top fifteen type of talent, and I think he went in like the second round, which is yeah. he went early second uh,
2: round, yeah, second round, yeah, late second round, but but still second round talent. But no, is going to
1: be a guy, and again, yeah. maybe fifty seven, maybe eighty nine. He's still hanging out, and you you got to consider that at that stage.
2: Yeah, you know, Rick, he's a type of kid. He's a fifth year senior. Okay, like you said, not a lot of you know a lot of, lot of talk about him until last year. The way he played last year. You gotta look at some of these guys, man. Go, okay. You know what? He's a fifth-year senior. He really got it last year, like you said, Ricky. Had some injury issues going on, but you look at him and say, "Man, I tell you, you know, next to Bobby Okurike, versatile kid fits into what Wink wants to do. Blitzes. Well, I think last time I looked, Wink Markdale likes to blitz sometimes. Dude, I heard about that. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the rumor. That's that. the he rumor on the that street at the so, end of the year, though." Yeah, well, he had, you know, he felt he had a, you know, yeah, so, um, which kind of shot my theory down at times where Wink will blitz no matter what, <laughs> so, but hey, like I said, Rick, not a sleeper, but a kid that if if he gets drafted by the Giants, some people might be like, wait, wait, who, what, who's this kid, you know what I mean, just a name to keep an eye on. That's
1: well, a- talk about a sleeper and a linebacker, more of a, a, a pass rush linebacker, but Paisan, I got to get in the uh, Baldonado reference. Pitt Habukac <laughs> Baldonado, moved from Rome junior year of high school. Raw, yeah, outside linebacker <laughs> potential, man. You like him? Yeah, man? Baldonado, like man. Him? He's so raw. He's a he's a big lump of clay, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, he'll he'll kind of be molded into like a situational pass-rushing prospect, but he's probably going to have to spend a year or two on the practice squad. He just moved from Rome, his, his junior year of high school, so he's yeah. only been playing yeah. football for like five years. He was well-coached. He was coached up at Pitt. Uh, but you want you want a, a, a developmental pass-rushing uh, linebacker. And, and uh, our guy Titus Leo out awesome. in Staten Island, too, uh, from Wagner, you know, show this man some respect. I was talking to uh, Terry Bradway former Jets GM who does some consulting work yeah. and he, he he's he's in our area and he's like hey man what do you think of the the, the Wagner kid I'm like hey he's the real deal he's like yeah you know a lot of teams aren't even sending scouts into that school because he wasn't on the Ooh. national or blesto. I said man I'm surprised,
2: you know, I'm surprised Rick because Wagner's turned out a few kids over the last five to seven ten they years they have
1: they have. now the the, the, the the last year or two the new coach the the record has kind of gone south so yeah. the, the players haven't gotten on the radar. You know, J, J, Coach Haas, who's now uh, an assistant online coach with the Titans, he did a great job making the NFL teams aware. Coach Cus Patterson, who used to be the pro A's, on, no longer there. And hence, you get guys like Titus Leo, probably not getting drafted, but guys, <laughs> this guy, he, mm-hmm. was, he was lined up in that seventh tech playing that Bruce Smith role there. Uh, for the the, the Staten Island Seahawks. And I like what this kid brings to the table, man. I think he's a hand in the dirt, get after it, pass rushing, defensive end. Maybe some teams will stand him up, but um, Titus Leo is a name you need to know. And B.J. Thompson, Stephen F. Austin, uh, you know, he didn't get a combine invite, I guess because of injuries, but maybe the most athletic linebacker in the draft, if you go back and watch the East-West Shrine Bowl practice footage, popping off the film. All week long, trying to try to put Stephen F. Austin on the map as BJ Thompson.
2: I always keep an eye on Wagner because I went there two years, Rick. I actually went to Wagner, so I always got, sort of like keep a floating eye on Wagner. Who the hell comes out? Sure. And, and like you said, you know, <clears throat> their football program was built up pretty good for a while. I know they've had a rough few years. Um, remember Tim Capstraw, Rick? Yep. He was a basketball guy, and he was baseball. He actually recruited me to play baseball at. Capture. Then he wound up doing the Nets games. Um, he was like a Nets co- a color commentator or something for yeah, a while. I don't, well I don't there, know if he's yeah. still, yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's still floating around. That's how long ago I go back. But um, that's why I always. Kind of keep a little bit of an eye on them to see. I, I, I know the Jets had a guy a couple of years ago who played in Wagner. I think he was a free agent. He played a little ball for Jets. I don't remember his name, to be honest. Yeah, there's no they've Hanford had a few guys, guys
1: uh, Julius yeah. Sanford and and uh, that's the guy I'm thinking Bam, about. Yeah, Julius Bam Sanford. Bam that's was I'm about. Uh, in the Super Bowl uh, a couple of years ago, and you know they've had some players throughout the years for sure.
0: Rick, uh, we're an hour in. I want to touch on another position um, because of the depth, right? So behind Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence is DJ Davidson. It was a nice surprise last year until he got hurt, at least in run support. Uh, And then they signed, obviously, Nunez Rochas. Who are your D linemen in this draft? You know,
1: when I I look at the Giants and who who might be a good fit and a potential, uh, I think Leo's entering his last year, right? So uh, how about Mazzie Smith out of Michigan? You know, to me, like because he hasn't participated in the draft process, I think I, I think he has like an injury he's nursing, so he didn't work out at the combine. I don't think he worked out at his pro day. I'm not sure if he's going to work out at all in, in the draft process. And, and I'll throw his teammate Mike Morris in there too, because he's a good-looking yeah. uh, player. I'm not sure if he's a five-tech, three-tech. I mean, he's got a weird size to him, but uh, Mazzie Smith. I mean, I think this is a first-round talent that might be able to be had at number 57. I think he would fit the giant scheme. So that's one guy that stands out to me. If you want um, a mid to late round guy, I'm going to keep touting Scott Matlock from Boise state. I think this guy might be the highest drafted player, not invited to the combine. And mm-hmm. he, he, he is just really an anchor, a bully, create some push, uh, a, a guy that can win one-on-one Not the biggest guy at like 305 pounds, but man, he's got, again, position versatility, can play up and down the defensive line. Uh, That would be two guys that I think uh, fit into the Giants' plans. Yeah, and it's
0: it's obviously not a first-round pick. Probably not a first-round pick for them, but – being um, as I think it was Chris pointed out in the last podcast that the number of snaps that Lawrence played last year, just because of the depth issue, they're going to want to do something. They're going to maybe do something in later rounds. So it's interesting to get your take on who they could pick up maybe, you know, round, I don't know about two, but maybe three on. Sure.
2: Rick, what do you think about the kid Benton from Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, he's got a finish. You know, he's got the ability to get after the quarterback. I think he left – some sacks on the table there and if he can do that he's really stout against the run from what i recall and uh tested very well so i think you know it's probably putting him in that day two range and you know probably closer to 57 than 89 i would say he falls
2: oh you got him that up you got him up that high. well i
1: think you know when you talk about uh 300-pounders with athleticism, yeah. you know, and, and our specialty piece can, can really make a big impact against the run. And, you know, if he puts it all together, right, like it's tapping in day two, like you're trying to find projected starters. And I think if he can put it all together, then you have a potential three-down player. He's not in the current form, but the talent's there.
2: I got him. I got him as a run stopping DL with a nice NFL body. Rick, do you see that?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what he's going to be. Two round, right? Yeah, I,
2: yeah, yeah. I got him as a like a, a third round pick, maybe late second. Nice NFL body, run stopping DL needs some more work. A little raw at times, but but you look at him. I, I, he's a kid too. Look, look, Joe Shane. Stopping the run is their priority too, Rick. Stopping the run is going to be their priority too, man. I mean, Shane made it known. Goes outside, you know, uh, Roaches uh signs barbie okurike and he's not done there you know so look at those mid rounds man they're going to be drafted defense line they want some more up front and Leonard williams is not going to be here probably after the next after this season really. yeah you know unless they extend them another year to get that number down i haven't heard anything about that i'm sure that could still come down the pike um but you know you're talking about you know leo williams next year's contract's void he's not you know he's not here maybe next year and it'll also be what his tenth season next year, whatever it is. So he's getting up there, man. They're gonna have they got they got to replenish up front,
1: Rick. Wow, is he ten years in the game? I remember him walking. 20, yeah, 2015. yeah, twenty fifteen
2: he was drafted. Yep. And I. Remember- well, right now he's not. This will be his. This will be yeah, his, next year. Uh, be ninth yeah, year, yeah. you know. But you know, I'm talking about after yeah. this year.
1: Wow, I, I remember him walking across the podium. He uh, gave uh, Commissioner Godell a big old bear hug. I, it feels like yesterday. I can't believe ten years. Unbelievable.
2: Almost, yeah. As far as Mazzie Smith, Rick, um, I see an incredibly powerful kid, bro. I see a really strong kid up front, man. Watching him in Michigan, I, yeah. um, you know. Um, I tell you, Matt, uh, a run stop and built like you know, like you said, can't really be moved. You know, it's tough to move him. Um, but like you said, Rick, he's probably going to be a late one. Or a very well, late I don't know. If, two,
1: I don't know, Biz, right. because he didn't test yet. And that that's kind of a big deal with teams. He, like if you're not healthy to test, and we don't know what you are, like uh, scouts don't like guesswork.
2: Rick, did he? I, I gather Michigan had their pro day, right? They did, but if I
1: recall, but he didn't go. He
2: didn't test in the pro I day. I think
1: he was still nursing an injury, from what I recall, because he didn't work out at the oh, combine. Okay. I don't okay. think he worked okay. out at his pro day. Like I don't know. See, like Devin Witherspoon, he's got an April fifth workout. I don't know if Mazzy Smith is going to work out
0: before the draft.
2: Okay, that could benefit a team, though. I can tell you that right now. If he drops, that could benefit somebody who jumps oh, on that, absolutely. man. You know. So. I got to ask. I yeah, got to ask
0: you a question about a, a tight end position, Rick, because I want to see. Um, you know, I, I know you and and, and Chris have the Python thing going, but I want to see where you rank these tight ends because I wonder if how, how your answer is going to play out. Um, in all seriousness, uh, you know. Do you have Michael Mayer at, at the top, or if not, why?
1: No, I do. I, I, I don't. Uh, hey, listen. Just because guys are coming out bigger, stronger, faster every year, you still got to play football. This guy, if you go back like a decade or so, he reminds me uh, uh, of a former Notre Dame tight end, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, that's yeah. what he is. And so, like, hey, uh, to me, that's the best polished tight end now. Yeah. Uh, I, I like me Darnell Washington, six foot seven, two 255, a sixth offensive lineman that can't – he's not too shabby in the pass game either. I like that kid yeah. a lot. And then I like uh, Luke Musgrave. I think he can add 10 to 15 pounds and be like a George Kittle-esque. Yeah. Like Musgrave to me is the guy that might be the best tight end five years from now. And then there's people there, they've got a lot of love for Dalton Kincaid I'm not all the way there yet. I know he's a a basketball conversion kind of guy. And, you know, people like that in his background. Uh, I'm not, you know, he's probably tight end four for me. Okay. And, you know, I'll tell you, um, this Payne Durham out of Purdue gives me uh, Kevin Boss vibes. I really like, you know, if you want to inject the tight end, because to me, when everybody's trying to get an athletic mismatch tight end in the National Football League and then the Raiders go around and give, give, give one up for a third-round pick, that's a red flag, right? Like really? And the things I heard about his disappearing acts and not being able to be found at, at lengthy periods of time, that's concerning. So even though you got Bellinger and you got Waller, I'm definitely like taking advantage of my 21st year covering the draft maybe the deepest, in terms of depth, uh, tight end class
2: I've ever seen. Rick, I'm sorry. Who are you talking about disappearing? You talking about Darren Waller? You're, is that what you heard? Oh, really? Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, it's funny, Rick, watching... He goes from city, he goes from Sin City to New York
1: City. the the, the one yeah. the one place that might actually be worse for a guy like that, and I, I hate to make yeah. uh, light of it, but no, I mean I think there's there there's some smoke there. Like you know, guys, the, the teams in the NFL aren't just giving guys away like that, and there's a reason why he went for for such little return.
2: Yeah, well, that always does raise a red flag. We'll, we'll, that's we'll find out. I also heard that. Josh McDaniel has a tendency to isolate certain guys too that he doesn't like. Um, somebody very reliable told me that too. That uh, because I got to be honest with you, I asked somebody who I trust. Um, you know, Walla for three. You know, what's what do you think is going on? You know, with Vegas with Walla. You know, and uh, and the person told me, well, all I could tell you is that mcdaniels because the person i i was talking to is very good relationship with belichick and, and no folks it's not called banks and, and, and the person told me that you know <laughs> josh mcdaniels has a tendency to isolate guys he's not crazy about and he was just on the outside in vegas now we'll see we'll see how that play out. rick you know what you just said i'm sure you got it from very reliable a lot of times though when people go to a different scenario you know a different situation it gets back on track. That's what the Giants are going to be hoping sure. for. And it's funny, Rick. You know, talking about Washington and Georgia. You know, when you watch Georgia games last year, you know, you are kind of fixated on Brock Bowers, right? You're like, wow, this kid is this kid is incredible, right? And then you see this kid. Well, I saw this kid. You know, I saw a ton of Georgia games, obviously. You know, last year, and you see this kid. And I, man, I remember saying, man, this kid is a freak athlete. Man, this kid, this kid is something else. You know, he was he jumped off the screen too. So I have him behind Michael. Mayor, I, I have Mayor one and the kid from Georgia too, uh, as and for tight end, so it'd be interesting to see. Well, to you your point
1: about Brock Bowers, and we'll have to wait till 2024. I mean, we're oh, we'll gonna have to wait that yeah. national championship game. I don't know. I was saying to myself, there, there's the best looking NFL draft prospect on the field.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, yeah, he's not coming. But that, that kid is phenomenal. We uh, I if mean, Kyle Pitts, a freshman, I think
1: went four. I mean, wow, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how high. A uh, yeah,
2: it's gonna it, it's gonna depend on what teams drafting up front, because I mean, not many times you see a true freshman like he was dominate last two years ago, and to say you know as a true freshman that was incredible what he what he does in the yeah. field. Uh, so a defensive lineman. Rick, who else do you like? Um, say dirt round type, type of guy that Giants could be looking at and talk about that.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I wrote down Matlock. I didn't know we were going to go into tackles. I don't have my list here in front of me. I'll just try to uh, freestyle it. Freestyle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. <Your> <laughs> throw, throw an aim at me. I'll tell you what I think. I, don't, I didn't bring my list here prepared for uh, – are we talking, what, mid to late rounds?
2: I guess third round or so. It's all right. I thought if you had it all fan, that's what we could talk about. Some guys you think might be a possibility. You know, that's all. Yeah. We could jump to the safety position yeah, then. Let's safe. jump to the safety position. <laughs> Last position. Rick, safety position. Uh, Brian Branch, obviously top of the class. Yeah. A, do you think the Giants will draft a safety? Um, right now you're looking at obviously X. Uh, uh, McKinney. And then after that, you got the veteran Bobby McCain. You got Dane Belton. I don't think they're too confident on Dane. Uh, they kind of like him, but um, obviously Bobby McCain's brought in here to win that position. Do you think they will address the safety position?
1: Yes. Not with the first five picks, but maybe one of those picks in the 200s, I think. A late round. Just to add another body into the competition, into the mix. And again, I think safety is another one of those positions where teams typically tend to wait. And I agree, branch is the consensus one. And to me, I think branch can go top 20. And then after that, you know, I'm not sure there's really like a consensus second safety and where they'll come off the board. Like Chris Smith out of Georgia, another sec safety is kind of a smaller version of Brian branch. Um, I like, you know this Antonio uh, Johnson out of uh, Texas A&M. To me, the versatility—he can play center field, he can play free, he can play in the box, he can play strong, he can play linebacker. He's physical, he's fast, he's got size, six foot two, I think two oh eight. Ran I think four five two range. Antonio Johnson uh, definitely like what he brings to the table, and he might be there at fifty seven. Uh, Sidney Brown, I mean. And I'll, I'll say this, both Chase Brown and Sidney Brown would be a good fit for Big Blue. And, uh, you know, these Canadian boys, man, they could play now. Sydney Brown, a ball hawk, uh, comes in a shade under six feet, so he's not as big as Antonio Johnson. Uh, I like Sidney Brown, though. I think he's going to play a long time in the league. A couple guys off the radar, okay, uh, one, Amir Speed. Remember that name, Michigan State. That is a good-looking, lengthy, fast, six-foot-three safety with cornerback experience. He ran a four-three-three mm. at Spartan wow. Pro Day, uh, mm. so I think Amir Speed would be a Day Three developmental safety with upside. Keedron Smith kind of fits into that mold as well, out of Kentucky. Now he went to the NFLPA as a corner did well enough to get promoted to the senior bowl as a corner, but I think he's going to eventually just wind up playing free safety at the next level. Uh, Kedron Smith is a starter that can be had on day two or day three. And then, you know, some guys here that didn't test well, but can still play football. Jair Brown from Penn state. Like I'm not hopping off the bandwagon just yet. Cause he didn't run lights out he was a top 100 for me on my film evaluation
2: i, I, I like
1: him. i think he's gonna fall outside of the top 100 now because of how poorly he tested but i mean this guy physical uh can play up in the box now at the speed the game speed i put more value into rather
2: thank you and than the time speed now i mean uh, you know the people watch penn state games last year does he does he look did he look slow on the field? And speaking of Penn State, not to
1: sidetrack, but Juice Scruggs, I know he's a Giants target at center. I liked what he did too in the all-star circuit. So that's another Penn State guy just yeah. just to put out there. But um one other guy that I can't help though, guys, and I think he somewhat recouped the stock at pro day and did better, but like Trey Dean's forty time at the combine was a was a death sentence. I think he ran like a four seven five which I was, I was so disappointed. I, was, I remember being um, with a group of uh, draft Nick media guys at the Combine when the numbers came out, mm. and we were all kind of shaking our head and, and, and puzzled because, like, again, at the East-West Shrine Bowl, I had Trey Dean as one of the top performers of the week, and I felt like he moved. He was one of those guys. Like, at the East-West Shrine, it's like those Tier 2 prospects so I put a lot of stock and emphasis in guys who just move faster out there because it's noticeable. And then he goes out and runs a 4, 7, 5, 40. Now, I don't know what he ran at pro day, but I, I can tell you this. That's enough. Remember Holyfield from uh, North Carolina, the running back? Mm-hmm. People thought he was a top 100 guy. Then he ran a terrible 40. He didn't even get drafted. Now he's out of the league. Trey mm-hmm. Dean, man, I think he could play safety, both safety spots. He flies to the football. Great instincts. He even played some corner, but, man, I don't know, that's gonna be a very interesting case study.
0: Yeah, what did I- Great stuff, Yeah, and and you you mentioned 40s, Claret, what did he run, like a 48 or 49 back in the day? And it was like, ah, he's done. Yeah, as soon as you see that, you're like, that's it, so. um, Yeah, Rick, I can't thank you enough, man. Almost an hour and 20 minutes of your time. Spectacular analysis, the names you rattle off, the schools, you do such a great job, man. Um, Great, great work here, man. Thank you so much for your time.
1: No, I appreciate it, fellas. Looking forward to uh, the feedback and looking forward to uh, what Big Blue does. We didn't get a character uh, prospect then. We're going to talk about Jalen Carter and his concerns.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was absolutely no shot. That's why I didn't even get into Jalen.
1: (laughs) Where do you guys think? I'm just curious. Where do you think Jalen Carter fans? Oh, I think he goes.
2: Who's three? Arizona?
1: Arizona's three.
2: You think he goes ahead of Will Anderson? I think uh, they, need, they need, you know what? Arizona needs an edge guy. So I can see him going right after Willie Anderson. I can him, whoever the hell, whoever the hell the first team is, that doesn't need a quarterback. <laughs> he'll go right there. Okay, fair enough. Know, that's what I expect. Well, it I might, it, might, it has, actually
1: might be the Raiders. <laughs> I don't know if the Raiders are going to go there well, with Henry Ruggs. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, the Raiders have had a lot of bad luck with draft picks, Mayock's, you know, his picks. So, I don't know. Um, we'll see, but he'll be. It'll be fascinating. That'll
1: be a fascinating storyline, I yeah. think, to to yeah. see how that but,
2: but, Rick, bef- before we leave, Rick, tell everybody where we could see you, your work, and everything.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the best way to find all of my work right now is allaccessfootball.com. we got the NFL draft uh, newsletter going on and, I know a lot of people out there are waiting for the draft Bible. There's light at the end of the tunnel after this weekend. I was in the cave uh, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. So that'll be delivered within the week. We'll be sending out a hard copy in your guys' direction. So be on the lookout for that. Of course, appreciate Giants Insider newspaper, the fan base. You guys got to get down here to uh, the Jersey Shore this summer. It's right around the corner. And uh, buckle up, man. It's a double chin strap affair. I can't believe the draft is almost here. It seems and feels a little bit weird. It's in Kansas City. But, hey, that's the uh, traveling road show that happened once they took this whole uh, extravaganza out of New York City. I still long for the days of Radio City Music Hall and the theater at Madison Square Garden. Even the convention center on the west side for the two-year span that they had it. But so be it. We'll be... uh, We'll be keeping you covered, and uh, then on to 2024.
2: And before we leave, Rick, how's your Eagle fans, friends? Right. I mean, you know, uh, I, I I noticed I noticed they didn't seem to want me on after the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, you know, Eagle territory. I'll be do, I'll be doing <laughs> some uh, draft hits for Jacob
1: Media and covering. Uh, be doing some NFC East things. I'll, I'll just say that, but uh, yeah, you know, hey, I'm here at the Jersey Shore. You got media markets pulling me from uh, from all angles. <laughs>
2: I mean, I was anxiously waiting the, the hmm. text saying, "Chris, you want to come on? We'll talk about the Super Bowl." But I never got one. I thought maybe, I thought maybe my phone wasn't working. <laughs> so, great stuff, Rick. Hey,
0: love you, man. Story, Rick. Hey, Rick. Uh, we we'll just see us out one second. All right, guys. Twitter subscription to the Giant Insider, go to www.thegiantinsider.com and go to Magster for that digital subscription. That's M A G Z T E R. All right, guys. Sundays are giant days. Take care, everybody.